Well, I've always had to make a small amount of money go far. And that is basically all my page is about. And people say like, okay, they're just everyday tips. But yes, they are. They're nothing genius at all. But it's because we don't talk about them and we don't talk about being in debt. And we don't talk about, you know, it seems always to me that you can walk in now and you can say, oh my God, have you seen my new 700 pound shoes? And you can show that on Instagram and that's fine. But you can't go on Instagram and say, oh my God, guys, I'm absolutely skint. I can't go out tonight. No one would do that. But why? It's so shocking. And I wanted my page to be like, make saving call again. Hello all, you are listening to the Capsule in Conversation podcast. I'm Natalie Anderson and today I'm joined by Sunday Times best-selling author and finance influencer Gemma Bird, aka Money Mum, to talk how to protect your financial well-being and the importance of education around money. So take a minute and get ready to join us in our conversation. Hello all, thank you so much for being with us. I am super excited today to be joined by one of the UK's fastest growing digital talents. Hailed as the Mrs. Hinch of Money and the Mummy Martin Lewis, she has built an incredible following across her digital channels with her money-saving hacks and financial insight, helping her fans towards a life of financial freedom. She is the Essex mum who is taking the financial world by storm, topping the Sunday Times bestseller list with her brilliant book, Save Yourself Happy. It is the fabulous Gemma Bird. Hi, Gemma. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm like, Thank you so much for being with me and I said to you just before we started recording like I am so thrilled to get you on this podcast because I think now more than ever we need people like you we need your your advice I mean you started your Instagram account I couldn't believe this only two years ago and have since amassed over like 275,000 followers now what was the original catalyst for you setting that account up? Yeah, so really, I went out for coffee with one of my friends. I was a mum, you know, struggling financially, always sort of doing tips. It was really weird. I was in um, a coffee shop and I was going around picking up receipts just before we sat down. And she went, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just getting some receipts to see if anyone's claimed their points, you know, like to put on the card. She went, why? And I went, because then I can get three cups of coffee. Like, I don't earn much money. Like, I need to think of all the ideas that I can do. She was like, do you really do that? And she, funnily enough, she, she did Instagram. And um, she was like, oh, you should share your tips on there. So we sort of had a bit of a laugh about it. And then I was like, actually, why don't I start a page and see if I can sort of make something of this, make make, my, make myself a job on here. But to be honest, I sort of started in for, oh, no one's really going to listen to me. And like, no one's going to care, basically. Like, I think we all do when we start anything. So I sort of picked my phone up. and it's, it's, it's still all about my family now and about my life and about anxiety and just who I am as a person. But I just sort of started doing my money tips like once a week. I'd say, oh, I went here today and then I do this or I phoned up this company and I got money off this. And I just started doing it and more and more and more and more. People just started calling me money mum. Like people started calling yeah. me it. I didn't come up with a name. I wasn't clever enough like that, unfortunately. I remember at the time I was called bird watching because I'm Gemma Bird and it was like about watching us birds, a bit yeah. like keeping up the Kardashian idea. Um, I thought this is a really cool name, like bird watching. So it was all about us and our money tips. And, and then I started to do them more regularly. I started to do them two times a week, three times a week. And then I came up with Gemma's No Spend Day, this hashtag that I'd always spent no money like once, once a week, twice a week. And in fact, I used to try and have like 
three, three, four days a week where I spent no money when I was a mum at home with Brody when he was young, just to sort of survive. So I'd take all, everything from home, all my food and, and just, just be really, really careful. I did a thing where like there was a group of like eight women and they wanted to like all meet. And I said, well, why don't we take it in turns? We all go to each other's houses. Then we've got eight weeks of entertainment and we've just got to provide the coffee and that person provides that cake that week. And then we can all meet up for basically nothing. Like if it's four quid for the cake and the coffee, you're having to pay that once every eight weeks. So it's basically like a free day out, but you're still socialising with other women and because it's so important and not having that money. Because obviously every time you go out to these coffee houses and stuff, it's like you're spending a tenner and you're buying this, you're buying that and it's gone and sometimes more than that. So I started basically saying everyday tips. So like Martin Lewis is amazing. I absolutely love him. I'm a massive, massive fan. But obviously he does sort of a lot of the high-end brow stuff like stocks and shares and things that I don't even really get. Do you know what I mean? And I wanted to do something that was for everyday women, dads, mums, rich people, people that are struggling all over. Like no one was discriminated because we all like to save a deal. And um basically everyone started calling me money mom so I thought I'm going to change my, the name of my page to money mom official I couldn't get money mom so that's where the official came in and then after that I sort of uh, papers approached me to, to sort of run my story about how I'd always saved and it just started to grow from there and then from that that gave it a big boost and then that's when it really sort of started to change sort of my life and my job really and I think as well, you know, 2019 it was such a pivotal year for so many people. You know, we had no idea what was coming with the pandemic. And I was reading in one of your interviews, you know, that actually at the time when you were in the infancy of that account, we went into the pandemic and people were losing their jobs left, right, right and centre. They were really worried and they were coming to you, weren't they, with like concerns of like, help me, like, what can I do? And how can I make sure we still have an all right lifestyle, but yet save because I don't know where my next penny's coming from? Yeah, totally. And I think that was the first time some parts of the pandemic, I think, showed, showed a good thing that you didn't need loads and loads of money. You didn't need all these fancy things. And it was the first time in the history of my lifetime and all of our lifetimes that we were all in it together. It didn't matter who you were, what you did, you could not go out. It didn't matter if you were buying the most expensive handbags. You had nowhere to wear these handbags. So we all became the same. And everybody, even if they did have these high-powered jobs, were worrying about losing them. And hold on a minute, have I got enough money behind me if I did lose my job to ride the storm out? No one ever thought this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't. You, you did. Probably you didn't. Um, no one saw this coming. And, yeah, I did. I started it in the December of 2019. And, obviously, then we really hit it in February. And then, obviously, I started to do the tips more and more and more. Like, okay, we're at home. What can we sell around the house to raise money? This is how I've always raise money because I'm not clever at all like not at all but I've always had to make a small amount of money go far and that is basically all my pages about and people say like okay they're just everyday tips but they yes they are they're nothing genius at all but it's because we don't talk about them and we don't talk about being in debt and we don't talk about you know it seems always to me that you can walk in now and you can say oh my god have you seen my new 700 pound shoes and you can show that on Instagram and that's fine but you can't go on Instagram and say oh my god guys I'm absolutely skint I can't go out tonight no one would do that but why it's so shocking and I wanted my page to be like make saving call again yes get excited if you get something lovely but let's try and get a deal on it so like I, I said openly I wanted, really wanted to Gucci handbag. I had a tantrum one day about it you know like, I'm a woman we want nice things but I went to Vista and I got one for like half the price so I still got it but it's about anything we want whether it is a really expensive thing about getting a deal and that's all my page is about and it's not about depriving yourself absolutely not but it's about if you've got a goal about maybe making sacrifices on other things to get that goal and then when you're there great you can have all these lovely nice things but still try and get the best deal and that's what I do now still always a bargain. 
This episode of The Capsule in Conversation is brought to you by Harrogate Spring Water. Famous for its waters since 1571, Harrogate is Britain's premium natural source water. There's um, a quote that you've said before about, you know, think like the tortoise and not like the hare. This is a long-term thing, you know, saving. You do have to have discipline. I mean, you are a a woman after my own heart. I am completely like you. I can't stand playing full price for anything. I'm always like, where's the deal? How can I get this cheaper? How can I share this with my friends? You know, I want to make sure that we have a good lifestyle, but not to the point where we're like desperate, you know, to the point where it could be taken at any point. Because again, you're living in a, a place then of being worried and you need you want financial freedom and you hit on something there that I really wanted to talk to you about which was that side of Instagram where it glamorizes wealth it glamorizes it so much that young people are desperately getting themselves into debt trying to keep up and the worst thing is is that behind those pages nine times out of ten it's all set up so it, so much of it isn't real so much of it is put together and is fake and that you're basically then feeding a culture of glamorizing this wealth so that you can't say, oh, actually, you know, I can't afford that. Because if you can't afford it, well, then you're not cool enough. We need to get rid of that, don't we? Because we actually like you. We need to be honest so that we can say, look, it's not always perfect. You know, we shop here, we shop there and we, we get a deal on it. It's really important to break that down on Instagram. Do you agree? Literally could not agree with you more. Like it, it worries me. I mean, I've got, you know, young children myself and it just worries me, you know, like all the, if I've had actually people say to me, oh, you look the same in real life. Now all the filters they use nowadays, everything's fabricated and no one's life's perfect. And I don't put everything on, on Instagram. And if I've had a row with Adam, I'm not going to put that on Instagram. It's my private life. So you could come on and see me doing a money tip and think I'm happy. So it's about trying to sort of be open with that and say, you know what, you're seeing 15 second clips on people's stories. You're not seeing the, the truth. We all have great times. We all have bad times. And I do try and share that. I try and say, like, I'm really anxious today or I'm really excited today. I've been sent, like the other day, I was sent a dress for my book launch and it was a really expensive dress. And I went on and said how thankful I was, how excited I was. And I made sure I said, I've been sent this because I think it's important when they see these influencers, you know, they're not paying five, six hundred pounds every single day for these clothes they're wearing. They built up a business, which is fantastic. And they're advertising it for that company. But young girls need to understand that because they're seeing these girls in all these things every single solitary day but a lot of the time they're being sent those products do you see what I mean so they're not buying them so in fact you know it's it's not it's not real that you can keep up with that and it's about looking at things and getting ideas and you might there might be a fashion blogger or something and you love them but then try and sort of think okay I really like what she's wearing but it's got a really big price tag on it where can I get that cheaper and it, it worries me that yeah we only show the glamour side of our life like there'll be a beautiful girl out standing outside posed at a Ferrari but it's not her Ferrari it's just a Ferrari that's parked in London with probably clothes that she's been gifted and she's just beautiful but she's probably used a filter to make her completely flawless and perfect so none of that photograph is real like if we scrub the makeup off her put her in her home in the clothes that she's actually bought without that car you'd see it totally differently and she could have been crying 10 minutes before that photo that her boyfriend's not text her or something so it's worrying for young girls because it's not just the psychological side of it, you know, bullying and everything goes on online as it is. So it's trying to be, isn't it? And it's trying to make sure that for us as, you know, as mothers, as women to kind of say, hey, look, you know, stand back. And actually, this is the truth. That's beautiful to look at. It's fantastic to look at. And if you want to attain that kind of lifestyle, you actually can do it. You've just got to use certain 
you know, certain principles to kind of achieve that. You can do it. You know, you look at somebody like you, who I know has worked multiple jobs, different jobs, starting at 13 years old, doing a paper round and then mushroom picking and being an estate agent and all kinds of different jobs, but have managed to get yourself into a place of, you know, being able to pay off your mortgage. And as you've said before, you don't believe that you've ever had the fancy top jobs to get to that life but you've achieved it. Do you know what I mean? You've you've achieved that through through discipline. And do you think that you were always a saver as a child or do you think that circumstances made you more aware of money? No, I was always a saver as a child. My parents always taught me to save, but also I suffer with extreme anxiety. And I do think that's something that has actually helped me money-wise because it's Mm. something I'm in control of. So for me, being in debt would make me so ill and so worried and so fearful that I've always been so paranoid about it that even when I have had money and like now when I've paid my mortgage off and yes I can buy things I'm so fearful about buying things so I'm also trying to work on that side of me as well as you know it is okay Jim to go out and spend 50 quid and enjoy yourself because I've got it you know it's fine to do that but still now I am anxious with that but I think that's what's made me really good with my money so I've always been a saver I can't say it's something that I've just I know like people say to me how do you know about that deal because I've just it's just in my head like I've been like that since I was seven years old like that's my earliest memories I remember picking up pennies on the way to school and trying to save so yeah I've always just been such a good saver like and careful with my money and I've always never worried about what everyone else around me is doing like I've never cared at all that my mate's gone out and bought a two thousand pound handbag if I can't I'd be like, oh, good for you. Like, I can't afford to do that. And I haven't cared, like, in big group WhatsApps chats when they've said, like, let's do this. If I've not had the money, I'd be like, no, can't afford it. I've only got a budget of 20 quid. And people are always like, oh, my God, look at her. And I've even had comments like, oh, stop being tight. Stop moaning. Stop doing this. So many people have said that to me my whole life. Stop being tight. I'm not not being tight. I physically don't have the money to Mm. do that. Do you get what I mean? Like, I can't afford to do it. It's not about being tight. I can't afford to do it. And they're like, well, you've got savings. Then they flip it to that. Yeah, I've got savings because I'm saving to get on the property ladder. So therefore, I can't then go out for £100 meal. I, I can go out if you spend a tenner, but I'm not prepared to spend that extra money that I've earned on that. And it's, it's about being transparent and not worrying what others think because whatever you do, you're wrong. <laughs> But that's what I think is so refreshing about you, though. It's, it's incredibly refreshing to see somebody like yourself who's absolutely blatantly open and honest about, I'm saving. No, I'm not doing it. And I'm not go- I'm not going to be fe- like brought into this culture again. This like, spend- I was reading again, you know, like you'd say you, you didn't go out and drink. You'd be having like lime and soda and, you know, saving up because you wanted to get on the property ladder and then bought your first house. And then also went into property rental with your dad. You know, you said earlier, oh, I'm not that clever I'm thinking are you kidding me like 26 years old going into property and doing property rental is incredibly clever and I I go oh my god I don't know how you do that like I'd be so stressed but I just I didn't really know what I was doing at the time and like I've read comments people say oh your dad your dad your dad have you no he didn't my dad still doesn't have any money now I went to my dad and said do you want to go 50 50 on the deposit and 50 50 on the profit on the profit that we made I ran them all I found them all and even my dad sits there laughing going oh my god I'm literally sitting here skin you basically did everything and then they go oh you've got a rich dad my dad's like wish I'm like I wish I did because I would absolutely bleach you dad if I did but Mm. no I don't you know what I mean so it was about I just and again there was no 
I just went on and I thought, right, this is a good area. I'm just going to buy the cheapest property in that area because hopefully it won't drop any lower. So that was what I did. I went on my move and I put in the cheapest property. And that's how I did my research. And I was like, well, if this is the cheapest, they might not drop anymore. And then my dad was a bit like, oh, okay, well, you tend to be good with your money. So I'll do that with you. So that's how I did it. There was no like genius clever. It was just I spoke to this. I was really young. I was about 23, 24 at the time. And I remember I spoke to this builder and he pulled up in a Range Rover Sport and it was my dream car. I always wanted this car. And I remember thinking, you know, and he was handsome. He was in his 30s. Obviously, oh, you're impressionable. You're a young girl. I was like, wow, like, how have you got these properties and that car? And like, you look the way you do sort of thing. And he said, oh, I've just bought properties and I rent them out. And I remember the following week when I saw him, I was like, oh, I've already bought one. And I remember him saying to me, wow, most people don't just go and do it. Like, he was like, really? And then the following week after that, I bought another one. But yeah, I again, at that point, I looked and I thought, you know what, I need to be careful here because say they don't pay the rent, how am I going to afford to pay £500 on that mortgage? So I did them on interest only, but I thought if I went in with my dad and they didn't pay the rent, we both have to pay 250 a month each. I can afford to do that. So I say that to people now, if you want to look at going into property, but you're worried about, because you have to think of that, like you have to think of that because now the mortgage might be £1,000. Like if they don't pay the rent, which they don't sometimes, tenants, because we've had it, it's about, it's about balancing your risk and being able to sleep at night so like if I went in with you for example then it's like I've not got a thousand pounds we've got to split 500 each do you know what I mean so that's the way I did it and I just went in with somebody that I trusted that also needed to do some money and we didn't make anything on those for 10 years we literally just kept them and just kept chipping away at the mortgage we and we built up a massive float at first and then the boiler went and the float and all the float money went we didn't have any money out of that for 10 years people think oh you must make loads of money on property did not have one pound out of those properties until the day I sold it. We sold it and me and my dad got 50-50 each, which I bought the two properties and then we sold them straight away, which is what paid the mortgage off on this. So I didn't pay a mortgage off on 25 grand a year. I paid a mortgage off on the 25,000 pounds I, I, I earned was I was really savvy with it. I put that away and didn't go out and buy the expensive things to get the deposit to invest, which then grew. So it was a, it was a, it was a way of, it was a split thing really. It was, it was, good savvy saving and good good investments do you do you see what i mean so it was a mixture of the two yeah but for me the one thing that comes strikingly out from that is discipline like you are so incredibly disciplined and i i, I can say that my husband's background is in financial services and trust me we row all the time because i'm terrible and i'm like why am i like a drain and that's how i feel because and i went on on your page and i had to look at some of your tips and i was like oh actually yeah if you save this much per week and i've already started my saving pot thanks to you good, good. <laughs> and i've not noticed it going and it's amazing like just those things that you need reminding of and that discipline because if you do want nice things you know you do have to kind of there's a there's not a sacrifice so to speak but it's balance isn't it you've got the yin and the yang you can't have without you know you, you well most of us can't anyway there's got to be something in there that given the take Hello, I'm Florence Given, best-selling author of the book Women Don't Owe You Pretty, and I have a new podcast called Exactly. In this first season, we'll be diving into five big topics, sex, social media, feminism, relationships and body image, and exploring them all from different angles. I'll be chatting to some amazing guests, from psychologists and doctors to cultural commentators and celebrities. Out now. Listen and follow Exactly with me, Florence Given, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to your your key principles, what where do you start with people when they really think, oh, I really want to save or I want to pay off my mortgage? Where do you start? 
Firstly, I'll say if you've got any debt, clear that first because there's no point in saving if you've got debt because you're going to probably most of the time be charged interest on that debt. And if you are getting huge interest on that debt, look at trying getting onto 0% credit cards. If you can't do that and the debt's absolutely spiralled out of control, go and speak to the Citizens Advisory Debt Management Company. Run, go, go on the government site. Make sure you check it's a good one. There's loads of free and partial advice out there that you can get and get yourself on some kind of plan because even if you're paying a pound a week, once you start chipping away at anything or you open and you talk and you tell someone, whether it's a friend or whether that is the citizen's advice or whoever you might feel you want to talk to, do that first and make sure you get that done because you can do it. You can get out of debt, but you have to make that step towards doing it, even if it was something that was written off and then you had to start again and wait for six years before you could get the mortgage. At least you're you're on that road to, mm. to you know, recovery and, and, and sorting it out. If you're somebody that wants to save and you've got no debt and you're just, you know, you've got your car payments and your, your mobile phone bills and your food and your thing, then look at what you've got left over the month. So if at the end of that month, once you've bought your food, say like your essentials, like your food, your petrol, your gas, your electric, everything's paid. And at the end of that month, you've got £400 left. This is just an example. Some people might have 50 quid, some people might have £2,000. I would always then go, if you've never been a saver before, out about 400, spend off and save off. So if you've got 400 pounds surplus cash left a month, put 200 into a savings pot, have the other 200 pounds to go out and buy this top from H&M for 7.99 or whatever it is you want to treat yourself with. And then at the end of that month, if you've got seven pounds left of that 200, put also put that into your savings because then you save 207. And then when you get bonuses and things, spend off, save off. So if you're at the city and you might get a 10,000 pound bonus, for example, put half of that away and then the other half in an account. And I always say to people like, try if you can have sort of three months money behind you. God forbid something happens and you lose a job so that you can pay your, so if your bills are 2,000 a month going out, your mortgage, gas, electric, et cetera, which is, sort of a similar sort of standard or if not more try and it's very difficult it's not easy but I always sort of go from that role and if you're also saving and you want to get on the property ladder and if at the moment if you're renting for example it's, it's complete, again completely different but I always say to somebody you know if you're a young person and you're, you're living at home and you're paying out at the moment £100 in bills and if, if you say to me I can't save £1,000 a month I always look and say to them then you can't afford to move out quite yet then because that's what it's going to cost you so you need to make sure that you know before you do something and take hold of those responsibilities that you can physically do it and work it out and be honest with yourself go through your bank statements tr- clear out the things you're not using cancel subscriptions you're not using and also get subscriptions if you are buying something all the time like you're ordering from a company all the time and you're paying 7.99 shipping each time pay the tenner and get it for the year by the time you've got something twice you've saved yourself the money so it's about looking at you as an individual what you're spending if you can cut back what you can cut back on do you see what i mean and then if you are in a good financial situation and you want to save spend off save off is a really good idea to get going and you talk about as well as um, money zones you know what zone are you in in terms of money wise and just expand on that for me so yeah, so like, what zone are you in? Like, break it down to like one to four zones. So are you in zone one? Are you completely like, and absolutely struggling in debt, like don't know where to turn. And that is like, that is the first step. So like, as I said before, go and speak to someone. Are you zone two that you've not really got any savings? You're not in debt, but you haven't even started yet. You're earning your money, but it's gone at the end of the month, but you don't really know where you're spending it on. You kind of do know that you could be saving, but you're not really, you're spending it on extra things, but you've got a goal in mind. Zone three is that, you know, you're comfortable, like you're saving each month, which is what zone I would say I'm in. You're comfortable, you're, you're ticking away, you've got money if you need it, you've got your savings, you set up. And then zone four is exactly where you want to be, which is obviously the, the super sort of really wealthy where there's plenty of money in that pot. You can buy your dream home, you can 
you've visualised, you've got to the end of your goals. This is how I'm not there yet. I would like to move again. So I'm sort of saving and trying to get to that goal. And obviously it's hard to do that, to get into that zone. But it's about sort of finding where you are and where you want to be and talking about things quite openly and thinking, right, okay, yeah, I want to get into that top zone. I want to, I want my dream home. I want my dream car. Okay, how am I going to get that, you know? And these things don't come quick, do they? Again, it goes back to those principles of discipline. You've got to think long term, like nothing is going to come quickly to you. And that's the problem, I think, is that we live in this world society of like instant gratification, instant this, have that. And then and we go, oh, that's nice. And you might get lots of likes and lots of comments and lots of, you know, whether it's not even on Instagram, it's from friends and it makes you feel good. And then when you're being when you're restricting in anything, whether that's food or, you know, drinks or anything, we don't like it because we feel like we're not part of the gang. So it's being able to be comfortable kind of standing alone, isn't it? And and and, and being, as you said, yeah. honest with yourself. Because I know a lot of people, they do that thing where they bury their head in the sand and they don't open their bank statements and they don't go through it and they don't see kind of bank charges, interest rates. And I personally think that that's because we're not taught enough about it at school. You know, we're, we're not taught, are we really, about interest rates, APR. Even I'm like, I'm going still like, I don't really know what all these things kind of are. You know, how do you learn about these things? And, you know, obviously there's yourself, but where would I send somebody that wanted to know a bit more about this, but wanted it in, in a language that they can understand? Because when financial advisors talk to me, I'm like, whoa, I don't understand. See, I do actually think that's quite a problem because I don't really think there is many places you can go and really speak to people. You can Google things online, but as you say, that's why I sort of when I because I've looked into this, and it is yeah, it's like this, 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 and it's it's trying to break it down. And but maybe sort of rather than sort of going online, if you've got a friend that's on the property ladder, well, they're quite good with their money. It's maybe speaking to people and asking those questions. You know, it doesn't sound silly to go, "What's a repayment and what's an interest only?" And just ask someone because a lot of the time, people you know will know the answer. If they don't know, they might be able to find out for you and help you. Because um, unfortunately, not enough of this is taught in schools. You know, bits and bobs are, but we're not educated, so we sort of don't know. I've got friends like now that are in their late thirties, and they're like. I had one ask me the other day, they were like, oh, I don't get all this mortgage stuff. So like, what's this interest only? And then what's the repayment? And I was like, well, interest is you just pay the interest. She's like, yeah, okay, well, I'll do that then. And I went, okay, so after the 30 years, you'll still owe that 300 grand. She went, what do you mean? If I'm paying like 300 pound a month, I'll, I'll still owe 300 grand. And I'm like, yeah, because you're just paying the interest. She's like, what do you mean? 300 pound a month, just the interest. And I'm like, yeah. And she was in her late 30s. She was like, no, no, you must, I must pay something off. And I was like, no, no, you literally don't pay anything off if you just pay any interest. I must have said it about five times. And, and then she was like, oh, my God. So, what, so if I don't I start overpaying a mortgage, I'm still going to owe 300 grand. I'm like, yeah, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you are. And she's like, but I'd have paid like whatever it is, 100 grand back. And I'm like, yeah, that's what the interest is. It sounds like mad to me almost because obviously I know that answer, but I didn't think, oh, God, no, you, you didn't know that. I just thought, oh, okay, well, I'll tell you. You know, I didn't think anything of it when she asked me. I was just like, oh, yeah, okay, well, this is what you do. But it's mad to think that that's, these things aren't being taught and spoken about, you know? They're not. They're not being taught. And that's why where I think a lot of people end up in debt. And they're, they're preyed on by big companies and by loan companies especially. That's a real problem, isn't it? And now, more than ever, with fuel prices rising, you know, we've got lots of things going on um, overseas that's increasing increasing kind of our bills and payments and costs and, and and people are being preyed on by these loan companies and that's a really big problem isn't it whether it's older people who are more vulnerable or younger people what is your advice to you know to people if, if they are approached by these loan companies what would you say to them 
Thank you very much. Take their details, hang up and go and do your own research. Don't ever part with money over the phone, especially now they're really sneaky. They call you on mobiles and they start by the conversation by, oh, hi, Gemma. Um, last year, because they, they just, they've got the same script. Last year you was involved in an accident, they ring you and say, or um, one phone me the other day and said, oh, hi, Gemma. I'm really sorry to hear that you're in debt, which obviously I knew wasn't for me, but they're just saying that same line. And I just went, and I just put the phone down. But I just thought, wow, like you're just doing that to like, they know that if they're ringing enough people, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. So they'll be like, yeah, so, you know. And then people start then talking like, oh, I took a loan with this bank. And then they, they prey on that and go, well, we can help you. So if someone is contacting you about your debt, that's not really right unless it was a company you contacted. No one's going to contact you out of the blue. So I wouldn't speak to anyone that rung you up because you don't know if they can be trusted or not and certainly never give you details. Don't ever click on any email links at all. If a company messages you and says, I can do this, look at the website, put it into the search engine yourself and check the website out that way. Never click on the links because they could be fraudulent trying to get your bank details and things like that. So always stop and think. If someone is coming to you saying, oh, they want to help, most of the time I would say they're not genuine, so make sure you do your research on it. And if you do want to kind of take on a loan or a debt, for example, a car loan or, I mean, a mortgage is quite a sizable thing, you know, but, but you know, like if you are looking to purchase something, what should people be looking at to make sure that they don't, kind of end up getting themselves in a really bad situation so for example like we'll take a car because obviously most I mean I've got a loan on my car you know I, I, I finance it because it's just the way I've, I don't want to put all my money down I want to keep keep it in my savings and pay monthly it's something I do doesn't mean I'm right you know but what I always do is like when I'm getting a car for example take a Ford for example just a, a Ford Focus let's just go with that if you're say looking at a car a really good idea is phone up five different Ford garages because everyone's franchised, everyone's got different finance companies and say, I want a silver, Ford, Focus, brand new, for example. Not that I'd ever probably advise buying brand new. I'd probably always say get a year old. But again, it's up to you, it's life. Um, brand new, um, I want the standard model with alloy wheels, for example. Well, when I did this with one of my cars, the difference on the monthly payments was shocking. And it was a three-year payment with the balloon at the end. They all gave me a different price, all of them. So because they're franchised, so I was like, well, can you do a better deal? And I was just ringing them back. So then I got down to the last two and I was like, well, this company is offering me, you know, a full tank of petrol. They're offering me one free service. And do things like that, like compare, 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 I always say, and do your research. Yes, it might take you an extra day. But if, for example, you earn after tax, national insurance and everything, £70 a day, if I then said to you, this is going to take you a day, but I can say to you now that I saved £50 a month on that. So then over the year, what I've saved, it was worth its weight in gold mm. do you see what I mean I'd have had to work nearly a week for that money sort of thing so it does take time to do things but think about how much money you earn per hour I always say that to how much time you're going to get putting into this if you're saving a few hundred pounds most people aren't earning a few hundred pounds a day after tax and national insurance so use it like that think well actually I'd have to work a week to save this money so if I've had to spend a couple of hours finding around a few car places then it is worth you doing because actually you're saving yourself so much money I think that's the thing. People get lazy, don't they? People get lazy and they're like, oh, I can't be bothered because they just want the easiest thing. But then you're the one that gets bitten at the, you know, in the backside at the end of the day. You're the one that'll go, oh, I don't know how this happened. Well, actually, if you'd have just taken that extra time and, and research and don't be afraid, as you said then, to kind of to haggle, to actually yeah. go back to somebody and somewhere else and somewhere else. I think people get a bit embarrassed about that, don't they? 
Mm, oh, definitely, definitely. Like, I take it to, like, the empty degree. Like, I see, what can I get? I'm like, can I have new mats? Can I have this? Can I, have <laughs> I mean, I literally go to the empty degree with it because I just think, but it's amazing what you can get. Like, they start and they're like, no, we ain't got nothing off, love, nothing off. And then by the end of it, they're like chucking in this, that and the other. And then they've got chucked in a free service and, and all these things add up. So, like, I've got, like, like, something like a free service, which would have been a few hundred pounds. I've got, like, say, 50 pounds a month. So, like, I saved so much money just by, like, ringing a few of them up. And it was all the same car, as I say to you. It was exactly mm. the same car, the same model, all different branches. So, it's the same whether you're getting a loan. So, if you're getting a loan for £10,000 over mm. five years and you're not sure about all these APRs and everything, if you're paying it back after five years, who... It's it, the easiest, simplest way to tell people is who's the cheapest per month because you're paying that back over five years. So if someone's paying you, saying, someone's saying 200, someone's saying 190, and someone's saying 110, you're still paying it back in five years. Go with the 190 ones. You don't even have to worry about the interest rate. Just look at it like that because I think that's a lot easier for people because when people start saying the APR is 4.56783 and the interest rate is 7.9%, over the four years you're going to incur 2,466 pounds. People are like, whoa. Whereas I, I always say to people, because it's a minefield for me, I just go, what's my monthly payments? Like 250, thanks. So what would you charge me? 190, right. What would you Right, so they're the cheapest. So that's how I do it. As I say, it doesn't mean I'm right. It doesn't mean I'm clever. I'm just saying a bit simple things for people to do. Because it's a lot easier, I think, to see it in what's coming out of my pocket per month that I'm earning, you know? I think that's it. I think it's breaking it down to make it simple because... It is the jargon. It is all this language that people get thrown at and they go, and then they get bamboozled into making a purchase that they don't really want to make or that they feel uncomfortable with. And then they think, oh, I'm in this situation now. You know, you've got a a window of time to walk away, don't you? You know, if you went into something, you mustn't ever think, oh, I've done it now, so I can't back out. You do have a window of time. Yeah, most of the time, I think it's seven or 14 days, isn't it? Don't be afraid to kind of think, I've had a rethink. And again, have that honesty. You shouldn't, you know, put any pressure on you to get yourself in a situation that you don't want to be in. It comes back to that honesty again, doesn't it? It comes back to uh, being allowed to talk about it. I mean, just going back to you personally, you know, things have moved really fast for you. You know, you are now a Sunday Times bestseller. And how how are you like adapting to this, new lifestyle and this new life really i'm not gonna lie i'm absolutely loving it i feel beyond blessed beyond happy i feel like i pinch myself i always used to look at people and think oh wow imagine getting that job imagine doing that and and to be honest a lot of them never seem grateful like they'll go to these events and everything and i do i look at them now and think you're getting to go to that and so i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna say yeah i do you know what i'm absolutely really 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 lucky i'm absolutely loving it i'm so so lucky to go to the events i've been going to could it all end tomorrow yes it could so i'm going to enjoy it i'll get one life and if i get to go to an event and take my babies on a red carpet something so exciting yes it's amazing and i am i could pinch myself i don't feel any different in myself i'm not gonna lie i feel exactly the same and i still feel like when I get invited to something, what? I go to my agent, are you joking me? I literally sound the funniest person to ring because I just think it's mental. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really, really enjoying it. And I'm just focusing on all sort of the positive, nice people. Because obviously being online, you get people that are mean and, oh, what are you doing that for? And your money tips about bitch. And they say, I don't really care. If I'm honest with you. <laughs> I could care less, but I'm, only, I'm 40 years old. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not doing anything horrible. I'm just sharing money tips and, and, and my family and my life. Like, how can you troll me? Like, 
you're the weirdo, not me. Like, I literally do nothing mean whatsoever. So I just ignore all that side of it. Because a lot of people, it's, these influencers get so wound up with these trolls. Just, I don't worry about all that. I don't read it, Google it, no interest. It's all just a load of nonsense, you know, wasting their time, not mine. Do you think that comes though from being 40 years old? Do you think that comes from kind of knowing kind of the importance of things and values and actually you, you can you can totally differentiate because you're the same generation as me then we grew up without social media so we can often see it for what it is you know we can see it whereas a lot of younger people it is the be all and end all do you think that there's an element of that in there yeah there is and I think as well a lot of people go looking for it you know they break up with a boyfriend they're going to stalk the ex-boyfriend if you don't know what is being written about you how can it hurt you it's just words that people are writing and if you've got that much time on your hands to sit there and write about me, well, thank you very much because you're still promoting me, aren't you, whether it's negative or not? That's the way I look at it. I think, wow, like, why don't you put that time into selling something on eBay and making a few things? <laughs> you know I mean? like, I'm not going to lie. I'm money, mum. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why do you? And then they go, oh, my God, you see what she did. And I'm like, you don't follow me, but you do. And they just boost your story views and things like that. So I think if everyone on in, in Instagram thought like that, like they go, they, they say, oh, she, this person's told me about this. I hear it all the time. And this person's done this. And this person said that. Like, oh, my God, I don't care. Like, I'm like, all right, lovely. Like, let them write. <laughs> let them write. I'm, I'm, I'm happy and having a lovely life on the red carpet while you're trolling. Like, and I think I think if more of us thought like that, people would maybe stop doing it. And maybe if maybe maybe if people spoke like this, if there was a troll listening, they might think, actually, she's right. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, why do I care what she's doing? Like, why do I care? Like, if I don't like you, I don't care what you're doing. Like, no disrespect, I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to watch you. I'm not going to look at you. I'm just going to carry on doing my life. And I think. That is an age thing, and it would be great if a lot of the younger people could think like that because it would stop, you know, there's suicides over things like mm. this. It's absolutely horrific things. There's been the odd comment that's got to me and made me upset, so now I just don't look at it and carry on with my life. So I really, really enjoy it, and I don't have any, neg- I don't have anything bad to say about it because I don't see nothing bad. I live in a bubble. <laughs> but it's because you're enjoying it like you said and you know I mean what are your plans like where, where do you want to go next I mean you know people are kind of tipping you as like the next Martin Lewis because you're so relatable and you translate all this kind of really difficult information into such easy to understand points what is next for you I'd like to do more TV. I'm looking at doing some more books as well. I'd like to go into schools and help kids with schools. I'd like to do a TV project around sort of the young as well and sort of teaming up with people like that. So I've sort of been in a few talks with things like that. That would be really, really interesting. And doing things and meeting people and going to events and just keep sharing sort of money tips my everyday life. But sort of I think doing it as well as much as I do it on Instagram, as I'd like to do it off Instagram and on TV so you're getting another audience as such. Like, I've started my TikTok now because that's all the young mm. in it. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing on it, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but I'll just post things on there now um, because, obviously, that's the younger generation. It's just I just want to just make sure people keep talking about money, keep saying, you know, whether they are struggling, keep sharing deals and my family and my life and just keep enjoying it, really, because it's been lovely. I've met so many lovely, lovely, wonderful people. Every day I get to speak to different people, so it's so nice. Like, it's a lovely job. Money is such a difficult topic. It really is. And we do have to break down those barriers because, you know, 
gosh, people do commit suicide when they get themselves into financial difficulty. And it is so important, isn't it, that we keep pushing that message of like, it's not a bad thing to talk about how much something costs you to try and save, you know, to try and spread that message as well. Because as you said earlier, you know, you do suffer with anxiety. Horrific, yeah. How... Other than the money side of things, how do you look after yourself? You know, what things do you do to kind of make yourself feel better and to keep your anxiety in check? I think this is good for me because I don't like being on my own. I'd sit there and overthink. I think, oh, did I do that today? Or is that right? Or has that picture got enough lights? And you can think like that online. And I'll be honest again, you do. So I try now, I try to go out every day and I try and, I've got lots of really, really, really lovely friends. I've always been really lucky like that. I've got lots of different friends. So I go out with my friends and I just go and for, I'll go sometimes for a walk with one of my friends down the park or they come over and see me or I go out for a coffee or I talk to Adam a lot or I, um, I'm, I'm always, if people see it on my stories, I'm always with my kids. Um, I'm, my mum doesn't live near me, so I don't really have anyone to babysit them. So I'll go out with my friends or rather them and stuff. So I do a lot with um, Bronte and Brody. I'm always with them. And they they do keep you happy because, or sometimes they drive me mad and keep me less <laughs> they're having a tantrum or whatever. But majority of the time, like Bronte's so funny, she's three that she just, like she said to me this morning, mummy, let's talk about a wedding and my wedding and I'm going to marry you. And, and so like them really, like, like just go to the park with them and just really simple things like I like watching funny movies because they lift me up so if I'm having a bad day and I'm anxious we'll do things like we'll go for a walk we always do this we go for a walk then we come back Adam cooks dinner and I play with the kids and then we watch a movie but every Saturday um my son goes to drama and then me and Adam go for a walk and then in the evening we just watch a movie so we don't do anything majorly exciting apart from when we've got an event to go to which is obviously lovely but the rest of the time I just sort of do that but it's always about keeping busy and and getting out like if I stay in that's not good for me. What are your go-to products and practices that help you to feel good and to feel nice? Sometimes I'll do things like um, I'll just have a face mask and that can just that can be anything, you know, it doesn't have to be, again, expensive. I said the other day I was in a shop and you can get them for like 80p, some of them, you know, so I just sometimes just come upstairs, like paint my toenails, put a hair mask on, have a face mask and just sort of close my eyes and chill out or have a bath, things like that. That really helps me. Or I'll ring some of my friends in the evening and we have like a group FaceTime and that's a bit of a giggle. So again, it's nothing nothing wildly exciting like my life as as I say like day to day hasn't changed at all I'm still a worrier I still worry about money I'm still like anxious I still talk all the time um nothing's really changed which is is strange and that's another thing like I always say now I always thought like if you earned more or you had a really successful career that you'd never worry about anything if it would be different all my worries would go away and it hasn't I still worry about the same things um (laughs) I still worry about money so everything's the same. So I can quite assure you that it doesn't. And it's it's really strange. You think it would, but it doesn't. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's about creating a life for yourself that's here. Not, you know, that even if it's going great, it's great and everything, but it's it's living comfortably all the time, not just to peaks and troughs. Because if you're living like that moment to moment, that causes extra stress, that causes extra anxiety. So finding a way to live comfortably between the highs and the lows definitely like finding a balance like before I could never afford every day to go out for a coffee and that was the thing I spoke about whereas now obviously things are, are better for me financially that's something I really enjoy so that's something I do treat myself to because I can now afford to do it but if I couldn't then I, I wouldn't have but it's something mm. I could easily revert but I wouldn't want to start I always think like that because anything as you say like look at the pandemic we don't no one knows what's around the corner it's just it's again it's about having a happy middle all the time no matter what you're earning and if you're going up and up and up brilliant then you can 
maybe go for a few more coffees or maybe have that, that extra handbag a year that you'd like. But it's not then going absolutely to the nth degree one way or the other. It's staying in the middle. And I've always done that my whole life and I will always do that. And what is the one piece of advice just before we finish that you would give to a younger person about money? Oh my God, this is the, the most amazing bit of advice. So if I was 16 and you've got your first job and you are, well, it's probably 18 now, isn't it? Because they, they do all this college and stuff. I'm so old. I'm like, I don't know, like 18, for example. And you get your first job and you've got no outlaws going at all and you're bringing home £1,400 a month. I would say to you now, you do not realise how rich you are because no one has £1,400 a month surplus probably listening to this podcast <laughs> if they've got kids, etc. So I would say then try and put half of that away, that £700, because you have so much money, £700 a month to go out with and buy your car and your shopping and everything and you will set yourself up so easily from 18 to 24 you would set yourself up for that deposit for that flat so if I was could tell any 18 year old it would be spend half and save half of those early wages when you are living at home and you're paying say 50 quid a week rent or 100 pound a week rent you don't realize how wealthy how much surplus income you've got when you're 18 do you when you look back I love that that is so good Gemma this has been so brilliant honest to god I just, I, it's been so enlightening and, and it's so refreshing to hear somebody talk about money so openly and so honestly. It's been brilliant to have you with me. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to speak to you as well. Save Yourself Happy is available now at all good bookshops and online. And you can also follow Gemma on Instagram at Official. You are the original money mum though. <laughs> to get even more saving hacks and financial advice. For more well-being, fashion and beauty, you can visit us at our website, www.thecapsule.co.uk, where you can also catch up with our previous podcast episodes and in conversation page. You can subscribe to any of our podcast channels and YouTube. Please do feel free to leave your rates and reviews as we would love to hear from you as this series goes on. You can also drop us a message at our Instagram at official capsule if you'd like to put any messages to our future guests or just to leave messages about these current episodes. I will be back next week with another fabulous guest but all that's left for us to say today is goodbye. So it's goodbye from Gemma. Bye-bye. And goodbye from me. This episode of The Capsule in Conversation was brought to you by Harrogate Spring Water. Bottled at source, Harrogate Spring offers a pure, refreshing taste with a delicate blend of naturally occurring minerals and electrolytes, perfect for healthy hydration.